The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, thanks so much for joining us again here on Winning Ponies. Uh, want to? Uh, we've got a first-time starter and a uh, veteran handicapper with us tonight that everybody likes to listen to. Our uh, first-time starter is a gentleman by the name of Justin Nicholson. Well, you may not have heard of him, but you have heard of the event that he is one of the main players in, and that is Equestricon, that it's going to happen up in Saratoga. Uh, nobody was really sure if these guys were going to be able to pull this off, but it sure looks like they have, and they've got an unbelievable menu of events that are going to be going on at Saratoga uh, over the coming days. Um, um, Monday and, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Tuesday, I mean, it's uh, Tuesday, the doors open. Monday's just kind of a preface, fan festival and trade show. Um, and then it's... Uh, it's just got so many different levels uh, that's going to offer uh, you uh, the, the chance to meet uh, uh, jockeys, famous people, get up close. <clears throat> There's going to be uh, uh, viewings of my favorite movie, First Saturday in May, with the Hennigan Brothers won an Eclipse Award for. And uh, anyhow, I'm not going to run it down because that's what we're going to be doing with Justin Nicholson. But Marty McGee, he's been up in the Windy City for a few days. <coughs> Excuse me. And, of course, we all know what's happening up there. It is the 35th running of the Arlington Million. And it looks like uh, some of our North American-based horses uh, got a really good shot in here. A lot of times this race goes to the Euros, and actually the whole card attracts more horses from, from Europe than what I see this year. So you've got the Arlington Million. Uh, the race just before that uh, will be the Beverly D. Of course, uh, Chad Brown won the last two Beverly D's, and he's got Decida in there, one of the favorites, but uh, been awful close between Decida and Hawksmoor, uh, who have uh, squared off last two races, uh, the New York Stakes and the Bogey. Uh, Hawksmoor taking both of those, but uh, we'll see if Chad Brown can work his magic again. <coughs> then the American St. Leisure drew mostly Americans. Uh, that's a quarter-million-dollar race that's a grade three. And uh, the Secretariat kicks off the big stakes races. Uh, it is a, uh, a grade one. And, uh, again, this one is going to be a mile and a quarter on the turf. So Marty McGee from the Daily Racing Forum is, is going to take us uh, through that. I uh, hope everybody had a good good time uh, wherever they were last week because we had some amazing races and we will obviously uh, get to that but you know highlighting it uh, we can't uh, hide the fact that uh, the the Whitney was just awesome with with Gunrunner I mean the performance he put in there uh, he He's not going to be ducking Arrogate, I can tell you that. And uh, it was uh, it was pretty amazing. Uh, of course, uh, 
my friend uh, Ron Paolucci tried to, you know, pull the old rabbit trick on him and get him softened up with Cautious Giant, but Cautious Giant didn't even push the fractions that much, and uh, Gunrunner was just comfortable the whole way around. I uh, hope you had a chance to watch the race. It was very impressive. Also, uh, on these busy weekends, uh, just love this time of the year. Um, hope you pulled down your easy win forms. Uh, one of our biggest hits last week was in Saratoga. Uh, it was uh, about uh, oh, about a week ago. A $1 super key paid 4000 $360. Out on the other coast, out of Del Mar, this was today, we had a $1 super that paid $2,785. A good week at Evangeline, uh, a super five that paid $2,800, and a pick five that paid $2,500. So the easy win forms, they go from coast to coast, border to border. That's what you want to pull down. It's going to make your capping a whole lot easier. And do some handicapping yourself and then pull down the easy win forms. And if you came up with some of the same horses, I think it is time to go to the window. Okay. Let's take a look again at uh, some of the things that have happened in the racing world on a national basis over the last week. If you were in Saratoga, perhaps you got to go to the Hall of Fame. And uh, we had a lot of modern riders uh, that made it. And, of course, uh, the modern horse, the three-time Breeders' Cup mile winner, Goldakova. She was the lone contemporary uh, horse that was inducted this year. But the riders were Garrett Gomez. Javier Castellano, and Victor Espinoza. Tom Durkin was the master of ceremonies. Of course, he got a rousing ovation with his opening line being, I used to call races for a living, and now I'm a tour guide. He is part of Equestricon, and one of the things he does is give a tour. Well, one of the saddest stories in racing over the past year was the the passing of Garrett Gomez, a man that just uh, lost the fight to his demons, and um, two-time Eclipse Award winner. He won 13 Breeders' Cup races. Uh, I'm just uh, so glad that uh, he did make it to the Hall of Fame. It's a shame he didn't get to see it, but some of his family members did. Uh, his uh, uh, Louis Gomez, uh, his father was there. Uh, he said he was born to be a race tracker. He was quite a little handful, and he didn't know much except for horses. Thank you to all his peers. There's nothing greater than what he wanted. Of course, Victor Espinosa, we knew over the last couple of years, he's going to get in the hall. Uh, we're talking, you know, American Pharaoh in the 2015 Triple Crown and the classic wins aboard California Chrome. Don't forget, he won the Kentucky Derby on War Emblem. A lot of people forget about that one. So uh, Victor Espinosa from Mexico to the spa got the job done. And then uh, rounded out uh, by Javier Castellano. Johnny V introduced him, along with Ramon Dominguez. Of course, they're all very, very tight on the New York uh, racing scene. He came from Venezuela, which is a very troubled country uh, right now. Uh, of course, uh, Castellano singled out 2004 Horse of the Year Ghost Zapper and Preakness Stakes winners Bernardini and Cloud Computing this year's as the career highlights. But uh, he also did allude to uh, 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 Venezuela, and he said he dedicated the award to his country, uh, who are going through a lot of tough moments and struggling at this time. Uh, but uh, he just feels that uh, you know he's going to be loyal to the sport and 
it, it will eventually benefit all of us. Uh, others that you might know that were recognized in the Hall of Fame were uh, John Gaines, Ogden Mills, Denny Phipps, and Colonel Matt Wynn in a category that they call Pillars of the Turf. It was established uh, four years ago to recognize those who have made extraordinary uh, leadership or pioneering capacity at the highest national level, and certainly all those gener- gentlemen during their generations did. Oh, while we're on the topic of awards, let's not leave out Mike Smith. He's going to get the Lafitte Pinkai Award. Of course, uh, we all know the scores of top horses and hundreds of major races that he won, but this award goes to the 52-year-old Smith. Um, it's named for those that uh, serve the sport of horse racing with integrity, extraordinary dedication, determination, and distinction. <coughs> Needless to say, that is Mike Smith. So uh, uh, Lafitte Pinkai will be there to give out the award. Of course, I remember the day in 2003, uh, he retired as the winningest jockey in U.S. history. I remember when he went on to record that momentous occasion and then go on to win 9,530 wins. Of course, right now he's in the second spot. And, uh, you know, Mike Smith made his mark primarily in the East Coast early, but rode on the West Coast, so was very familiar uh, to uh, Pinkai and to uh, the, the West Coast fans. And it, let's not forget, Pinkai rode for 39 seasons, 27 of them at Del Mar. He's still the leading rider at Del Mar with 1,011 victories. And uh, how about John Court? <clears throat> Uh, I apologize for last week. Of course, I can't fight Mother Nature. I had Matt Bernier on the line. We were ready to nail down these races, and one of them was the West Virginia Derby. And both of us, off mic, picked uh, uh, John Court in the West Virginia Derby on Colonel's Dark Temper, who at the time was 8-1. to one. Well, veteran rider John Court went from flag fall to that's all and never looked back. Uh, he did win the West Virginia Derby before, uh, was aboard the devil. And that was back in 1998. I remember watching that uh, from the simulcast room at River Downs. So he had won the race twice. Uh, he was the fourth leading rider by stakes earnings and fifth leading rider by total earnings among all North American jockeys last week. Of course, <clears throat> Ellis Park is his big uh, backyard, and he's won the riding title there six times in his career. And right now, he's riding a strong second behind Corey Lanry. Well, we have had uh, several horses out on the workout tabs. How about Arrogate and Accelerate are both working towards the Pacific Classic for a rematch in there. And both of them had very, very good works out at Del Mar. So uh, despite Arrogate's uh, loss, Baffert seems quietly comfortable in putting him in back in the classic. Um, well, uh, McCracken, he is still on top of his game. Uh, he put in a bullet work up at Saratoga, almost 49 flat over the Oklahoma training track, the fastest of 31 earlier today. So he just barely got caught in, in, in the Haskell. I thought he had the race won, but Gervin got up at the wire. But McCracken is going to be back in uh, for the Travers. Right now, it's going to be 
oh, an amazing race. Uh, it's setting up to hopefully bring a three-year-old leader uh, who have all been beating each other up. In addition to McCracken and Gervin, uh, the Jim Dandy uh, uh, winner, Good Samaritan's going to be in there. And returning is Belmont Stakes winner, Taprit, who just got some new ownership, and a horse who I really think is good because all the horses that have been coming out of his races have been doing well, and that is Irap. So uh, can't wait for the Travers Stakes, the Midsummer Derby. And as I said, uh, uh, Taprit has some new owners. Uh, Gainsway Farm and Whisper Hill Farm have joined in the Taprit partnership. Of course, uh, Mandy Pope. Uh, seems to have pretty deep pockets, and right now she's got Arva de Grasse and Groupie Doll on her farm. Uh, maybe Taprat got a big date his first season out of the box, so uh, they uh, came on uh, on board there. Again, just uh, last week's racing, real quick while we have the time, I alluded to the Whitney, but didn't really talk about the solid effort that Keen Ice put in. He's five years old right now. And uh, he, he was last at the three-quarter pole, and uh, with uh, Jose Ortiz in the saddle, uh, put in a solid late finish, but nobody, nobody was going to catch Gunrunner in the Whitney, and up for the third spot was Breaking Lucky. Uh, the uh, National Museum Hall of Fame was Friday. Matt and I were going to handicap this race. This was nice three-horse photo at the wire. It was bricks and mortar uh, getting up over Bill Mott's Japanese horse, Yoshida, who was just uh, head in front of Big Handsome. So we'll be keeping an eye out uh, for those three-year-olds and uh, see, see where they end up down the trail. Great race. Of course, already alluded to the Mountaineer race. Colonel's Dark Temper, so happy uh, for my friend John Court. Uh, second in that race was Game Over. And third was looking at Lee. Of course, Patch and looking at Lee got most of the action at the windows, so got the cash and ice ticket in the West Virginia Derby. And then uh, the ladies in the test, the three-year-old girls, it was coming in from the West Coast American gal, Simon Callahan. Uh, he switched horses with Bob Baffert, uh, just as Baffert has taken some of his. Uh, just came off a win in the victory ride in the Belmont and came home an impressive winner. Uh, it was on equal odds with the second-place finisher, uh, Fapian. Third in that spot was Tequilta. All right. Well, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Equestricon. Uh with uh, Justin Nicholson, Equestricon, again, is not a new blockbuster movie that features a large metal horse as one of its stars. It's going to be an amazing event up at Saratoga. Going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Justin Nicholson. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and joining us is Justin Nicholson. You may recall many months ago, I had uh, Dan Torgman on the show, and he was talking about Equestricon. At that time, there were still a lot of questions to be answered. It was like, uh, boy, are you going to be able to pull this off? He was pretty confident he was, and from all the press releases I'm uh, reading, uh, they put together a pretty good team, and it's really going to happen. So um, uh, we're going to ask uh, Justin Nicholson to kind of lay out uh, not only the concept, but the, how he came up with with the topics, which I think are great. Because if, if you do decide to go, uh, some of the things you'll be able to participate in, the highlights are you got a Hall of Fame tour with Tom Durkin. How cool would that be? Uh, question and answer with Triple Crown Jockeys, how to get a job in racing, racing syndicates, uh, different uh, famous people talking about uh, winning uh, the big race stories. And then, like I said, one of my favorite all-time movies by my favorite producers, the Hennigan Brothers, first Saturday in May. There's going to be a racing fashion showcase. But, hey, I don't want to steal all his thunder. Justin Nicholson, welcome to Winning Ponies. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Well, obviously, uh, to pull something like this off, you've got to be a great fan of the game. Uh, give us your background. Yeah, um, you know, I've been around racing pretty much all my life. Uh, my my dad started as kind of an owner breeder uh, with with a friend uh, a friend of his when when I was just growing up. Uh, so I've I've been around it for for a long time, almost you know almost thirty years. Uh, and in the last probably ten to fifteen years, I kind of you know took took over uh, the the operations for my family's uh, racing and breeding program. So um, you know, between the stuff we've done for ourselves, and then um, I also managed the. Uh, a partnership for a couple of years called 90 North Racing Stable. It's kind of winding down at this point, but uh, I think if it can be done in racing, you know, in some capacity or other, we've, you know, I've, I've tried it somewhere along the line. Well, I had some of the high points, but uh, if, if you can, give me the cliff notes on uh, the assembling of Equestricon and how it, I'm guessing, started to grow perhaps beyond what you even thought. Yeah, no, this, I mean, you know, I, we sat down probably about, you know, two years ago. It's, it's, uh, my wife, Katie Sharp, and I, and, and our good friend, Dan Torchman, who you mentioned, who's been on the show. Um, you know, we're all pretty young people in our early 30s with, with a lot of interest and, in, and, in, in seeing racing, uh, you know, thrive long into the future. And we kind of, you know, we sat around, uh, thinking about what, what might be missing in the sport and what we could do. 
Um, and I remember, you know, we wrote a long kind of, you know, email chain back and forth with probably 40 or 50 ideas. And I would say most, if not all of them have worked their way into a, into a reality. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're very excited and the, and the scale of it is, uh, absolutely it's, it's as big as we hoped it would be. So, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be a great time. Now I'm, I'm guessing there's a lot of pre-sale, but, uh, if, if I decided to get my car and drive up there, could I still take part of it? Absolutely. Um, you know, you can still buy tickets on the website at, at equestricon.com, but there's also on-site sales, um, basically for all kinds of, uh, different ticket options and so forth. So yeah, no, there's, there's, there's never too late until it's over as far as we're concerned. So we hope anybody, uh, anybody in the area with an interest will, will come up and check it out. Okay. So, you know, maybe I've only got one day, um, you know, the boss is going to let me off. Uh, yeah. uh, so you can go up there and perhaps handpick some of the events you want, or you can, for lack of a better word, get an armband and go to all of them. Yeah. So um, the way it works, so, so it's held at the Saratoga Springs City Center, which is, which is basically right in downtown Saratoga. Um, it's, you know, five minutes drive from the racetrack. Um, you know, we, we're scheduled Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, really Monday, Tuesday are the, are the on-site days. Sunday we have some, some add-on experiences for people who've bought tickets and, and, and want to do something a little extra, um, including those like Hall of Fame tours you mentioned. Uh, but Monday and Tuesday are the big convention days. And, uh, you know, Tuesday, obviously, is, is especially the dark day of racing. So we hope that that's a day that a lot of people, uh, you know, will, will, will feel especially excited to kind of come out and be able to do something racing related. Uh, but you show up and, you know, for a $25 ticket, you have access to, um, you know, a massive trade show with a bunch of different, you know, services and products that are out there to, 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 to give away items and show what they do. Um, we've got networking sessions with, with industry leaders and, you know, media, media figures and everybody you can think of in racing. Uh, a trainer's meet and greet on Tuesday. You know, all of this kind of stuff is accessible for, for 25 bucks. Um, and if you want to go to kind of the, the 125 level, what we have is a panel pass that gets you 24 uh, panels, seminars, workshops. So, you know, there's, there's just topics ranging from, you know, handicapping stuff to racing photography to ownership to, you know, all of the things that you were kind of alluding to. Um, so, yeah, there's no shortage of options, and, and we'd like to believe that at every you know, ticket price point, you've, you've got good value to come. Well, um, I, I know you, that you've got a lot of high-profile, uh, big-name people, uh, team secretariat. Of course, we already mentioned Durkin, Pat Day, Ramon Dominguez. Um, how was the response of, uh, of getting some of these uh, celebrities of racing, shall I say? Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's been important. I mean, for a first-year event, especially, I, th- I think one of the things we had to do, um, you know, right out of the gate was basically go out and kind of show the world we're, we're, we're serious and, and, you know, we're credible and all those kinds of things, because that's, you know, that's that first hurdle. You've got to make clear that this is, this is real. It's going to happen. As you mentioned, I mean, you know, when you start out and you talk about the idea, you know, some people question whether it's going to get done. Um, but we were always very serious um, and, and, and had a lot behind it in terms of our, our effort and energy and thought. And, uh, Bringing some of those people in, I think, just kind of helped get the first, you know, the first wave of interest in. Um, and now here we are. I mean, we've got, you know, probably 150 to 200, you know, industry leaders and, 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 and known figures coming to the event. Um, you know, we're up around 1,000 plus registrations and, and we're hoping for more when, you know, when we get on site, we expect a good response. So, you know, I feel pretty good that the, this is going to be a, the, you know, a once in a lifetime event that, you know, hopefully we can make an annual, you know, once in a lifetime event. 
Okay. Well, I guess my invite got lost in the mail, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. We'll make sure we get you there. We'd love to have you. If you can be in Saratoga, we'd love to have you there. Oh, man. I would, I'd love to be there. That's where I cut my teeth as a young child running around. I knew little Andy when he was little Andy. How's that? I got pictures of him, I got pictures of him with a derby on his head when he's about ten years old, so running That's around right. giving giving people overnights. But uh, so, uh, just exactly how accessible are, are people going to be to like some of the triple crown jockeys and such? Yeah, um, so we have kind of some some structured like autograph signings. So some of those celebrity appearances or you know racing celebrity appearances are part of. Um, an autograph pass, which can be purchased for like uh, either thirty dollars for a single day or fifty for the two day, and that gets you access to several of the of the racing legends we have there. It's a meet and greet and, and autograph signing. Um, we also have a panel discussion with a couple of the Triple Crown jockeys, and several of these people will be on panels. Um, but like I said, even like you know trainers like you know Christoph Clement and Grand Motion, and some of those guys are signed on to do just a you know meet and greet with the fans, and that's that's part of just the twenty five dollar ticket. So. Um, there's no shortage of stuff to do. And on top of that, uh, with the $25 ticket, I mean, we have things in the general admission space like a you know, virtual reality horse racing experience, um, a design-your-own-silks jockey, you know, jockey app. Um, we have just a wide range of like, family activities and stuff to do if you, if you want to bring your kids. Um, and uh, you know, kids under, uh, 12 and under get in free as well. So you know, I, I think we've we've tried very hard to hit every uh, every type of fan, every price point, every level of interest, and uh, you know, we hope anybody who comes has a good time. Uh, it's it's really uh, it's really sensational. Well, I, I started in this business as an equine photographer, and I was just wondering who's going to be in your photography seminar. Sure, um, off the top of my head, I believe it's uh, Scott Sirio, uh, Chad Harmon. Uh, Alex Evers, Eric Calais, and I think it's I think Sharon Castro as well. Um, okay, so well, it's a, it's, a, well, it's a you know great panel. A lot of very you know talented photographers talking about some of their favorite pictures and the stories behind them. We actually also have a young photographers panel, which is more focused on you know people who are just getting started and what it's like to break into the industry. And um, you know I think that's going to be a pretty cool panel as well, a chance for people to kind of connect and, and network a little bit and just talk about you know, a new way to get into racing, which, which has not always been quite as accessible as it is now. So, um, you know, I think, we've, I think we've got photographers well covered, we hope, and, and, and a lot of interesting topics. And I think Bar- actually uh, Barbara Livingston is doing a book signing as well um, oh. of the book she did for old friends. So we've got, oh. you know, we think we, we've got them all. <laughs> Tell Barbara I said hi. We, we go back many, many years. I, I think we were teenagers. We were actually Pen pals, if you want to believe that, uh, <laughs> because uh, we both lived in the Albany area, uh, and I, her work is so sensational. So I would tell anybody, put a little extra uh, greens in your jeans and stop by and meet Barbara. She's a marvelous person, and I've gotten some glimpses of the new book, and uh her work is sensational. She's based out of Saratoga, uh, and that would be that, w- that would be a great boy. If you want to get ahead of the curve for Christmas, I would go yeah. to the table where Barbara Livingston is. I can tell you that. I believe it, and actually, this will, you know, I'm hoping to get a chance to swing by. I've actually never uh, met her in person, which is which I'm kind of sad to say. So I think uh, that'll be an opportunity. Even I, you know, I might try to take advantage of in the middle of all the hustle and bustle of the next week. I would. Well, you won't be disappointed. She's very engaging. Uh, her talent speaks for herself. I mean, she is uh, w- without a doubt, uh, you know, 
in the lifetime of photography, if there was a Hall of Fame of equine photographers, it would start with Tony Leonard and Barbara Livingston might be the next plaque that would be uh, that would be put up. So, again, I'm, I'm getting off the trail a little bit. So i got about a minute and a half uh, left. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're uh, talking here with Justin Nicholson. So, Ju- Justin Nicholson, well, my producer's telling me one minute. you got 60 seconds. Get your commercial out there. Yeah, no, Equestricon, it's, it's a, it's a first-of-its-kind uh, you know, racing fan convention. It's a chance for, for everyone who loves racing or even just wants to get to know more about racing to, to really engage with the sport and the, and the people who make the sport tick as, as closely as can be. Um, and, and like I said, it's, it's you know, every kind of activity you can think of. It's just a lot of fun. And then also you know, networking, have a couple drinks. We've got a, you know, we've got a couple cash bars there so people can hang out and talk and, you know, if, if, if you can think of it and it's, and it's racing related, you know, the three of us have worked very, very hard to, to try to make it accessible to you. And, uh, we hope to see you there, Saratoga Springs city center, uh, Sunday, Sunday through Tuesday, although Monday and Tuesday will be the big, uh, convention hall days, uh, the 14th and 15th, the so next week. All right. Well, we've been talking with Justin Nicholson, Equestricon. It's going to be one monster event up at Saratoga Springs. Justin, thanks for being with us on Winning Ponies. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Up next, uh, one of my favorite writers and handicappers and people in the game, Marty McGee, will be with us from the Windy City. We're going to be covering the Arlington Million. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and back with one of my favorite guys in the game. We talked about him at the head of the show, uh, Marty McGee. 
Uh, he won the 2013 Media Eclipse Award for just an amazing story uh, that he wrote about Kent DeSormo uh, for DeSormo, Conflicting Views on His Struggles. If you haven't read it, Google it, get it. But, uh, you know, uh, Marty's been uh, uh, writing for uh, the, the racing forum for, oh, Gosh, well over 20 years, he's, he's, he's attended over 40 runnings of the Kentucky Derby. He is a Louisville guy, but this week uh, he's up in the Windy City. Uh, he's at that rambling, gambling town, Chicago. Marty McGee, how you doing? Good, John. Thanks for all that. You know, I, I, I missed the million here in Chicago last year for the first time since 1992. And actually back in the, in the mid-90s, uh, I was the main guy here between kind of bridge the gap between uh, John McAvoy and John Brown to uh, ultimately Marcus Hirsch came here in the late 90s, early 2000s. So I, I estimate I've probably spent about, if you added it all up, about three or four years here in Chicago, uh, actually out here in the northwest suburbs. So it's good to be back. At, just for scheduling reasons last year, I, I couldn't make it, but... Uh, yeah, I'm here, and there's a lot of excitement toward uh, this big million day here on on uh, on Saturday. Well, that's got to be great. You go back to your old haunts. You do some of those Chicago dogs. Maybe throw down some suds. I mean, the first thing I had yesterday was a Portillo's hot dog. So those things are <laughs> amazing. I haven't had a chance to drink any old style yet, but that, I think that's a function of my age, John. <laughs> <laughs> and your body's health system. Well, hey, Marty, oh, man, before I'm we... telling you, it, it hurts too much to to pound those old styles the way I used to, you know, back in those days. <laughs> I remember going to some Cubs games. But, uh, hey, before we get on to the Arlington stuff, you know, you're, you are nationally recognized. they got to get you, your, your read on a, on a couple of top subjects before we hit the Arlington races. Okay, I know that you saw a gun runner. Uh, the other day, and I know that you saw the jaw dropper with Arrogate uh, out in the San Diego handicap. Uh, what? What are you? Just give me a read on these horses and what could possibly happen uh, in the uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic. Oh uh, man, I tell you, Joni Lawrence with the NTRA, she has about thirty-five of us who have been voting for a long time in the, in the NTRA poll. And I was one of the first guys, this was before the Whitney and after the San Diego, to go ahead and put Gunrunner in the number one slot. And actually, Jay Hubdy with the racing form quoted my reasoning uh, in our paper. And, and it basically it was, I just couldn't get over how bad Arrogate had run. And then Gunrunner had done nothing wrong, and he came back and emphatically uh, proved himself to be a, a very worthy rival of Arrogate. I, I'm sure that if they ran tomorrow, that Arrogate would be favored again over Gunrunner, and perhaps justifiably so. But I tell you, I saw one of the odds lines from Vegas toward the Breeders' Cup Classic, John, uh, recently, and it had Arrogate at 8-5 to five and Gunrunner 9-5, to five, everybody else way back. And I think that's pretty reflective of, of where they stand right now. So let's just cross our fingers, hope they both stay healthy. I think uh, uh, Arrogate's going to run on the Pacific Classic. And Gunrunner, I'm not sure if Steve is committed to anything yet, if he's going to run the Woodward or, or not. 
But I imagine they both have one or two more races here, and then uh, and then they'll run it, it on November fourth in, in the Breeders' Cup Classic out of Del Mar. We'll all really look forward to that. All right, now I'm going to ask you, Marty McGee from the Daily Racing Forum, an impossible snapshot. The mile and a quarter, Travers, is just setting up as uh, the latest chance to get a definitive leader from the from the three-year-olds. Uh, it looks like McCracken and Gervin, who put in a bang-up, uh, Haskell are going to be there. Uh, the Jim Dandy winner, Good Samaritan, who could be any kind, is is going to is going to show up. Uh, the Belmont Stakes winner, Taprit. I think the one horse that's not getting his due, and I know he wasn't running the grade ones, is IRAP. Because, Marty, if you look at the horses that IRAP beat in the Ohio Derby and the Indiana Derby, they all came out of the races and, and had bang-up races, and he beat them all. I, I hear you, John. And you haven't mentioned Gunnavera. I was down at Gulfstream all last week, and I was there Sunday to to watch him and his, his uh, prep and that $100,000 race down there. He'll be... 10 to 1 or so, and you haven't even mentioned the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness winner, uh, Always Dreaming and, and uh, Cloud Computing. Big and cloud so over their head. Yeah, I mean, that's what, like eight horses right there? It's going to be fascinating to see who <laughs> they make the favorite in that race, let alone how it unfolds. So I would imagine, uh, what, we had 14 in the last year when Arrogate, you know, emerged from obscurity to, to win, and and amaze us all. So maybe something like that will happen again. I, I wouldn't be surprised to just see us. You know, it, it's going to be. I'm really looking forward to the Travers and, and how the whole thing shakes out. Uh, you know, on paper, and then when they run it. That's August 26th. I will be. I've been going to Maryland the last few years just to go to Timonium one day and hang out with my old friends from Maryland. Uh, and I, I'm trying to go back there again. I might have to. Might have to miss it. But uh, otherwise, I'll be watching on a. TV monitor at either Ocean Downs or, or the Big T or maybe even Laurel. It, it's going to be great, you know, the, the Midsummer Derby. Well, let's go now to a race that uh, I'm sure you recall the, the early years uh, with John Henry and the fact that somebody was putting up a million dollars for a race, which now uh, <laughs> we see quite often. Um, but let's, I want to get the Arlington Million in first, and then, I, you know, Hopefully, if time allows, we'll get in the Beverly D, uh, the American St. Leisure, and the Secretariat. But, you know, th- this is the cornerstone race of Saturday at Arlington. Uh, Marty told me that it looks like weather's going to be nice up in Chicago. And this is a race that traditionally would uh, draw a, a slew of horses that none of us ever heard of or knew about from Europe. But uh, it looks like a lot of the American horses actually on the whole card marty uh got a real good shot this on saturday afternoon yeah that's true i mean with the with the proliferation john of big money races you know seven figure even eight figure races around the world these days uh the, the million you remember when they tried to make it the arlington two million and bobby frankel won it in a field of seven with an odds on favorite and they said ah that <laughs> <laughs> that's not really gonna. That's not gonna do it. So they just went back to the million, and and it is what it is now. But uh, we do have some pretty decent European horses, namely in in the Secretariat and the Beverly D. It looks like number five Deauville will be the favorite in the Arlington Main, which is the eleventh of twelve races here on Saturday. Uh, it had an original cast of thirteen, but there already has been one horse declared, number nine 
Scottish uh, was found to be lame this morning, so he is out. Reducing oh, really? It to Thank you. Yeah, Scottish is out. But, you know, as far as the one European horse, Doville, it looks like the Americans have him surrounded. Kasaki, number eight, I think, is in with a big shot. Uh, Beach Patrol, if he gets the right kind of trip with his new jockey, Joel Rosario, I think he'll be a major factor. Devisa Darrow, we've got a real nice uh, feature that we ran in the Friday editions of, of Racing Forum about your friend Buff Bradley and yes. and how he hopes this horse finally goes over the top. I know you you know Buff real well through your friendship with Susie Oldham, and she's real tight with the, with Buff's family. So uh, you have Ascend, the winner of the Grade One Manhattan for Grand Motion on uh, on Belmont Day. He he's back in. Uh, and you have another horse from overseas, number thirteen, Mechtal. Uh He's somewhat of the of the mystery horse, and hard to say uh, how he might match up with these horses. But he does has enticed uh, Frankie Dettori to come overseas. He is a Group One winner from earlier in the spring. So as usual, John, we've got a, a deep and very competitive field for the thirty fifth running over the Arlington Million. Hopefully, not the last one. I keep hearing rumblings about no, you know how. Now, this place is really going downhill. A lot of it depends on one person, of course. That's Mr. Mr. Duchess. He's, he's getting up there in age. I think he's 94 now and uh, not getting around as, as well as he used to. But uh, wow. uh, it, it's, it's very well documented, John, how the, uh, the politicians of Illinois have kind of let this place slide and all of Illinois racing for that matter. And uh, let's hope this is not the last million we ever see. I, I agree. You know, you, you mentioned uh, Casaquee, the Argentinian bred horse. I think a lot of people will forget that this horse almost won the million last year. He's only beaten a neck uh, in the race at 12 to 1. Yeah, Mondi Elise was uh, the winner. Casaquee had another neck on Deauville, who has pretty much maintained his form uh, overseas, and he's back for another shot at it. He's got Ryan Moore. And the Aiden O'Brien, the, the Kumar team uh, on his side, they're always extremely popular with the betters. Comes off a very useful race uh, in the middle of July over in Ireland. And uh, I think the, the consensus is that, and, and my colleague Marcus Hirsch wrote as much, that they, they victory, uh, the, the, the road to the winner circle in the million most likely goes through Deauville. Aha. Uh, one last question. He'll be the house horse, uh, but I think he might be getting a little long in the tooth, and that would be the pizza man. Yeah, he was the 2015 winner, John, and uh, it seems like maybe the older he has gotten, he's now eight, uh, that he might have lost a step or two. His buyer figures aren't quite the way they used to be. Uh, his wins come far less frequently than they used to. You know, he's He's 10 for 17 here at Arlington, but he's lost, you know, a handful of races after just really, uh, you know, going to great guns to open his career over this race course. So he comes off a second in the grade three stars and stripes. He does get uh, the ever popular Irad Ortiz in from Saratoga to ride him for the Midwest Thoroughbreds. So uh, I think 12 to 1 is a fair assessment of his chances. He'd probably be right around that. Um, I'm not really in his corner, but uh, that's why God created the mutual windows, as, as you well know, John. <laughs> so, uh, from what I'm hearing, because we've talked about a lot of horses, uh, Marty, you're giving a slight nod to uh, Galileo's son, Duville, in here. Well, that's what Marcus says. I'm gonna, I'm going with him second behind Debisadero. Uh, I just, 
I just really would like to see Buff knock out this one. You know, he's already had the two really good horses in Brass Hat and Groupie Dog. This is lightning striking a third time for him. So I'm I'm kind of with him and the owner, Tom Keithley, and being somewhat skeptical in whether or not he can get the mile and a quarter. It seems like maybe a mile and a 16th, a mile and an eighth, maybe even back to a mile would be most ideal for him. But it seems like there will be enough pace in here, John, and, and if, if LaPeru can press the button at the right moment, uh, I'm looking for Davisa Darrow, who's 5-1 to one on the morning line. That's about right. And then so Davisa Darrow, Deauville, and Beach Patrol, who I really needed to win at Monmouth and the United Nations to close out a, a beautiful pick four. And he just didn't have the right trip. He just didn't have the right trip. And, uh, you know, I, I noticed that Giroux was taken off of him. I wouldn't necessarily blame him because he got into a protracted speed duel with the horse. And I, I really, right then and there, I was like, well, what else is he going to do? Because this horse is on the engine. So was the other horse he got into the duel with. But anyway, if he can stay off of the lead somehow, I think Beach Patrol for that guy, Chad Brown, rates a big chance, too, in the Arlington Million here on Saturday at Arlington Park. All right. We're talking with the Cliffs Award-winning writer and uh, fantastic handicapper, Marty McGee, from the Daily Racing Forum. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to try to uh, get Marty to put uh, 10 pounds in a 5-pound pack with three other graded stakes races from Arlington. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. 
All right, and with me from the Daily Racing Forum, Marty McGee. Uh, they send this guy all over the country to cover the big races. And this week, uh, the slew of big races are up at Arlington Park. We just uh, uh, chimed in on the Arlington Million. Let's go to the Beverly D, the big race for the ladies up there. $600,000, a mile and three sixteenth on the turf. There's a guy in here that won the last two editions of the Beverly D. And that is Chad Brown. He comes in here with a Chilean bread, Dacita, who uh, has pretty much been in the U.S. since 2015. And anybody that's been opening up a racing forum knows that almost everything Chad Brown has been touching turns to gold. But I think we got a great uh, rematch here because uh, every time uh, Dacita uh, goes into starting gate with uh, Hawksmoor of late, the Irish bread, uh, Hawksmoor gets, gets the best of her. Well, you're right about Chad. I think uh, he's won the last two and zeroing in on the on a third one here. He's also got two other horses in the race, John, besides number one, Dacita. Yeah. He has the Judge Hunt homebred, number five, Grand Chate, who I would bet a lot will be less than her six-to-one morning, uh, morning line odds. And he also has number seven, Brainha de Bateria, the former uh, Grand Motion trainee. So uh, out of the 10 fillies and mares in this uh, grade one, Beverly D. Chad has three of them. And uh, I understand that Chad, I might be wrong, but I heard he, he's not even coming here uh, tomorrow or Saturday for the race. I mean, he's just got, he's got action everywhere, Jod. It's just like it's almost unfair to everybody else. It's him and Todd and Baffert. <laughs> You know, ask me still a little bit here, and you know, once in a while, the, somebody else gets uh, thrown a bone. But, but Chad, and uh, I think uh, today at Saratoga, they won six of the first seven races between Chad and Todd. But uh, oh, yeah, kidding. I mean, Desita, yeah, Desita, she's really, uh, she's really a nice mare, and uh, for the Sheep Hunt partners and and Peter Bradley and those guys, uh, uh, she didn't really fire in her last start at. at uh, at Belmont on Belmont Eve, but she's better than that, and you've really got to respect her. She, too, gets Irad Ortiz. Right. Grand take has been tremendous. Uh, when she was unveiled at Keeneland at, at Spring Meet, you might have been there that day. It was a weekday, uh, but she just exploded, and she's done nothing but confirm that form since then. This is really her litmus test, but again, I, I think she'll be less than the sixth one that you're being promised. And then there's a horse who is absolutely freaked in her two U.S. starts, and that's number four, Dona Bruja, or Ignacio Correa, who Marcus Hirsch, my colleague, wrote a terrific feature about uh, Ignacio's um, his career in uh, first in South America and now on this continent. But uh, she has a, a relatively unproven jockey in Declan Cannon. Real nice kid if you've had the chance to meet him, John. Yes, I have. He rode at Belterra. Nice Irish, yeah. I do believe. Yes. Yeah, really a nice young man, and uh, I, I'm kind of pulling for her. I, I think that she, too, will be lower than the 7-2 to two promised you on the morning line. Uh, Marcus put out a kind of a, um, a fake line today or, or tr- attempting to guess what they all would be, and he had Dona Bruja at 5-2 to two and Grand Chate, I think, around 4-1, to one, so... I think these are the two who are really going to get a lot of play. And then the bottom horse is the, uh, you know, she's the obligatory European threat, number 10, Rain Goddess, first-time Lasix for the Coolmore people and Aiden O'Brien. And 
and Ryan Moore the whole nine yards with some pretty decent group one form overseas. So I think that's your three horses there is the uh, four, five, and ten. I mean, I'm not really uh, not really going out on a limb there, but uh, I really think one of those three horses will be your Beverly D winner. Well, well, Marty, you know, uh, the, the thing is, because of the competition, I mean, there's no big six to five shots and, and hardly any of these races. So, you know, if you like a horse, you're going to bet them, got to box them. Uh, I think you're going to end up uh, getting some good odds if the, the horses you like come in one, two, three. Well, let's move from there to uh, the American St. Leisure, which uh, basically just drew Americans. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it lives up to its name. I mean, originally when they uh, drew this race up five years ago, John, that was the first time they ran it was 2012. It was, it's patterned after all those, um, you know, historic races in Ireland and England and elsewhere where they have all these long-winded horses who can go, you know, a mile and three quarters. They run this race because of the Arlington configuration at the very odd distance of one mile and 11 sixteenths. Yeah, you can do the math. I think it's a little bit less than a mile and three quarters, but uh, it looks like Mike Maker, who I counted them all up this morning, um, since he won the St. Ledger here last August 13th with uh, the the Big Hoss, Mike has won 26 two-turn turf stakes in North America with 16 different horses in that one year that has elapsed, and lo and behold... In the field of eight here on Saturday, he's got the two favorites in number one, Keystone for victory, and number two, Taglib. I think Taglib has a little bit of a class edge on Keystone for victory, which is not to say that Keystone for, for victory cannot win. I mean, he's won eight out of 15, and he's really handled everything that's been thrown before him. But I, I think if you really look through all these horses, John, there's, there's some no-hopers and there's some kind of plotting sorts and some who are really not proven at this level. I think Maker's got them over the barrel. Either one, the number one, again, Keystone for victory, or number two, Saglieb. I think one of them has to win the American St. Ledger, which, by the way, kicks off a late pick four, races nine through 12. It's race number nine, the St. Ledger. And the guaranteed pool by Arlington Park is $300,000. Again, the 50-cent late pick four, races nine through 12. Here at Arlington on Saturday. And I'm sure DRF Live will be uh, highlighting that. And, uh, you know, there'll be uh, other action from the, the DRF besides you and Marcus. Just wanted to point out, Keys One for Victory is the only horse in this field that has won on the turf at Arlington Park. Well, Marty, they're telling me i got two minutes left. Let me see if I can have you chime in on the grade one secretariat. Sad to say, short field drawn for this grade one race. It's a short field, but if you read what I wrote in my advance about the race, you would think that Oscar performance in a short field going long might have a tactical edge, but it's really not the case, John. All these other horses, four out of the other five that oppose him, they all have some pace to them. Sonic Boom went wire to wire last time out, and there's three-year... Three Europeans opposing him, including a Godolphin horse named Permian, who is a kind of a habitual front runner or stalker. I think there's going to be some pace on here, and uh, I'm going to go for for an upset. A first time European Lasix horse uh, by the name of Afandem, number one. Uh, he's three out of four. Gets Frankie Dettori. Uh, I think he might sit a real nice trip. 
So I'm going to go with number one, uh, FNDM over Permian with the uh, American standout Oscar performance third. So it's a one, three, four for me in the grade one uh, secretariat, which is race number seven here on the 12 race card Saturday at Arlington. Well, Marty McGee, when I went up to the graded stakes entries on the DRF before I pulled down my PPs, I saw that uh, Affendem was listed at 30 to 1 and Permian at 20 to 1. I'm going to box those bad boys. I don't think we're going to get those odds, but wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> well, I don't know where those odds came from because Affendem is 9 to 2, uh, Permian is 9 to 5, and uh, Oscar Performance. Is only an eight to five morning line favorite. So uh, yeah, I don't know. It was going to be my long shot bet of the year, Marty. Yeah, I, well, it was it was when it was right after the draw, and I pulled it off the graded entries. Well, our producer's telling me that uh, it's time to check out Marty. Have a great time at your old stomping grounds. Uh, tell Marcus Hirsch I said hi, and uh, I hope you have a great time in Chicago. And can't wait till our paths cross again. Well, maybe it'll be a Kentucky Downs at the uh, short meet that comes up in early September, John. What a great place to be, and I tell everybody to go there. All right, we've been talking to Eclipse Award winner Marty McGee. Great guy, great handicapper. Hope you got something out of that. Also want to thank uh, Justin Nicholson uh, from Equestacron for uh, joining us. And if you're anywhere near Saratoga, you better get your butt up there. Pull down your easy win forms from winningponies.com. Going to be a big weekend for my friend Matt Widener, who keeps me online here on Winning Ponies. I want to thank everybody. I'm John Engelhart. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.